0: Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard.
1: Hi, welcome to this Irish Tech News Podcast. Today we're talking with David Russell, Chief Executive of Host Ireland. How are you doing, David? Very
0: well, how are you? Great, thanks, David. And tell us a bit about your background. So, I am Chief Executive here of Host Ireland Business Broadband. Previous to this, I worked with Dixon's Carphone in their operational department. Um, previous to that, I worked in, I had and, and still have operationally, our own business, distribution business, uh, that operates in Northern Ireland. I started my career in law, actually. Uh, I read law as an undergrad and then post-grad, but never practiced because I found it far too boring. So stumbled into the world of business, into the world of FMCG distribution, and then finally arrived here at Host Ireland uh, as head of sales in 2016, and then was appointed chief executive in 2018. That's quite
1: a rise in two years.
0: Yeah, it was. It was quite a, I mean, we, we were able to, to achieve a lot. We, um, what, I mean, one of our aims was to, so when we first started this business, um, high-level SMEs or SMEs were the, were the lifeblood of this business and still are. But we set ourselves a number of, of tasks, one being, for example, to increase the customer profile, to work with more and more IT companies across the city, um, and, and really to extend our reach. Uh, we have an incredible network across the city. We're the market leader in wireless connectivity, and the network and the topology of that network that we have is second to none. So we really wanted to uh, extend that. When I joined in, 20, in, in, in 2016, I wanted to, to grow that to, to realise the potential that that network has, and we've been able to achieve that. So, And as a result, I was appointed the chief executive of the business. And
1: how has our in business grown over the past few years?
0: So it's growing well. So where, where connectivity is in the market is quite an interesting place right now. So when we first started in 2011 um we were doing twelve and a half uh to twenty five megabits per uh, second on a contended product. And that was quite good for the market. Connectivity wasn't then where it is now. Um but as the user as users have changed and how how people interact with connectivity, obviously the uh, broadband market has had to had to uh, grow and mature at the same level. So when you think about it now, it doesn't matter if you're a local butchers or a large blue chip company operating in the city, you need significant robust connectivity because everything from your EPOS system to your cloud-based systems to remote working is all driven by very good broadband connection. So we were able to obviously grow with that. Uh, there was a little bit of, of serendipity around that, But one of our EMs, and we started in 2011, and my predecessor as chief executive wanted, he couldn't understand why symmetrical broadband wasn't being offered. Why were broadband connections, for example, 200 200 download and only 20 upload? As connectivity and as reliance on the cloud, voice, and other such applications were becoming more and more uh, prolific in business, Upload speeds were becoming just as important. So one of the things we wanted to do was offer symmetrical speeds, not asymmetrical, yeah. and that has certainly helped us grow. But when we designed the network in 2011 and continued to invest in the network, we always invested with the future in mind, with pushing the, the envelope, increasing connectivity, lowering prices. We also couldn't understand why connectivity was so expensive in this city. Uh, and we realised and saw how important... Good connectivity to good price walls. So we wanted to, to own that market and be a market leader in that. And by achieving you know, a robust network, symmetrical speeds, you know, competitive pricing, industry-leading pricing, uh, we've been able to grow the market and become the market leader in wireless connectivity and broadband in the city.
1: Because i found, like in the past, for me, the biggest problem is if you go somewhere to do some work. I I might go to a cafe or a coffee shop and you work and I find the upload speeds are so slow. And I'm thinking, why is nobody complaining before? You can get it. Forty meg speeds, great for downloading. But uploading is what we see people need nowadays. So oh,
0: absolutely! I mean, upload is becoming more and more relevant. Um, what we're doing. So, if you look at you know a, a number of different verticals, you look at large organisations. Remote working, flexible working environments is kind of the norm now. Yeah. People have to, or the flexibility has been built in around people working from home or working remotely, working at a coffee shop and so forth. So you, upload is so important because you're connected to your head office via the cloud or via some sort of system like that. Then when you look in business itself and you go into the office, most of your applications now, will be Salesforce or HubSpot, yeah. whether it be your voice system, whatever it may be, is all cloud-based. You're storing your material. You're backing everything up to, to a cloud-based system. So upload, once again, is vitally important.
1: Yeah, for me, when I work from home, my old provider was giving me 10 megabytes, down me, which at the time wasn't what I wanted. Uploads was kind of a killer. Yeah. And then when they increased the increase of prices, Virgin Media were offering me, uh, for a bit more, uh, faster speeds, upload and download. That's great. So when I go to upload a podcast, now I can do it under minutes, whereas before was longer.
0: Yeah. That's great. And if you were had a host Ireland connection, you'd do it in less than a minute. Yeah. It'd be lightning fast. We're doing uh, connections up to two gigabit per second now, um, and it's it, I mean it's interesting that we're now talking in those bandwidths. Yeah. Um, when we launched a one gigabit per second product uh, about eighteen months ago, yeah, and when we launched our one gig product, there was a lot of customers, or IT companies, kind of querying why why such high bandwidths? Our customers don't require that. Firewalls can't support it. It's not, it's not relevant. In a very short 18 months, we now have customers coming to us asking about one gigabit connectivity, yeah. asking what is available, because people are now either realizing that their requirements are to that level, or they're future-proofing themselves because they know in the next six to 12 months that their connectivity, if they're 100, 200 meg now, that's gonna jump massively. We're also uh, very fortunate that in Dublin, uh, that we're, we're in a boom. Yeah. Um. and you can see the amount of great office space around the city that's being rolled out, you can feel the, the boom in the air, it's fantastic it's great to bounce back uh, so quickly from the recession and I, I appreciate that other parts of the country maybe aren't experiencing the same growth as Dublin is but if you take Dublin, where we work, you can see that. So with that boom, you can see people's requirements, offices extending, investment being made with lots of companies that have come in, tech companies particularly. But even with the Brexit bounce, we can see a lot of banks and financial institutions coming in. That's all driving the requirements for connectivity, which is something everybody needs now. That's all helping push that envelope and driving it further as well.
1: I remember years ago, I was working for a company out in Zylings, around the City West, and I was working in the Bay of T1 Connection. And it was so fast. And I worked there a few years, week, two years week with my other job. I was out in contract. And my other job, I came in, and we were using uh, at that time, ISDN. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking, I'm here with IHDN. Yeah, a little place I'm out there. I've got T1 connection. I said, I don't quite get why why we are getting faster speeds. If we can get T1, why can we get even tenth of speed at that time? Why can we get and as a business that should be normal?
0: Yeah, I mean... It, it, Strong connectivity has to be the norm now you just in many respects you can run a business without electric you can have you have your laptop you yeah. can have but you can't run a business you can't you know somebody can't work without connectivity that and it's going to get you know the pressures and connectivity are going to get greater and it, interestingly it's you know we talked about the conversation changing from yeah. why would I need one gig to oh my goodness yeah. I must have one gig. The conversation also changed about kind of in the last 6 to 12 months around resilience or backup connections. Yeah. Historically, people had one broadband connection. Yeah. That's all they required. People now know that if that connection goes down, the business will suffer. Yeah. There's, there's a tangible uh, uh, decline in the business, either through loss yeah. of sales or loss of productivity. So we because we have a wireless network that's independent, um, we're, we're a very good place for... Yeah resilient or backup connection particularly if people have a dedicated connection for someone else yeah. or even if they have it through us as well our, our, our backup connections become very very popular because people can't afford to have any downtime yeah. we actually developed a product called Premier Edge which is um, in, inbound IP resilience so it means that there's seamless failover if your if your primary connection goes down for whatever reason, there's lots of reasons why that can happen. If it's fiber, could get you know a digger bucket yeah. through it. Cab could have failed. It could be a provider issue. It could be weather. It could be lots of things. You you want that resilient connection to fail over to because all those variables maybe happen in the real world, but you can't. That can't inhibit your your, your working day.
1: Yeah, because to me when I, I can remember years ago when I moved to my new broadband provider there, I'm not going to use a 280 meg speeds are giving me. I'm not going to use that much but I'm glad I'm there because it's yeah. time you, you never know when
0: you're going to need it absolutely and and you know you it, it's kind of once again as you rightly say you never know when you going to need it there's an insurance policy piece around it but there's just more and more even if you take the home now we're business to business only but if you take the home if people have four or five devices operating with Netflix on yeah. four of them and surfing on another and so, something else and then you have Google Home or Alexa yeah. you have security systems you have, you have so much more added to it I, I have a mesh network um, in my house, and when you look at it, it gives you a list of all the devices you've up to connected to it yeah. and I don't have a massively connected home, but even that small number, you're thinking, wow, I didn't realize I had that many connected devices in one home. so that that's a residential setting. You take that into a business with could kind have of anywhere you know say two or three employees right up to hundreds. yeah think how many connected devices are operating off your, your 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 broadband connection. Well I know
1: that in my house I've my TV hooked up, so whenever that's turned on it always might look for an update and download it when it's on I've got my xbox that runs <laughs> on it's always online. I have my, uh, my my MacBook laptop I have my iPad and my, and my, and my phone that's all but they're all all at the same time
0: they are all at the same time and that's one person yeah. in a residential environment think about that in an office environment mm-hmm. think about the number of devices connected think about what those devices are doing you know as we've talked about the cloud-based systems, voice operating it, and so forth. So that's why, you know, in, in many respects, uh, broadband is it's, it's a born utility. You know, it's just one of those things that people have to have, unfortunately, like water and electricity. But when you look at what it does and, yeah. and how important it is to a business and how important a good broadband connection is to a business. Yeah, I
1: remember seven years ago, I met a guy, and he's based out in Avon, And uh, he said where he, where he was, he, he complained to local TD that he couldn't get proper broadband connection. So I'm getting down at speeds, and he was told, well, at lunchtime, go to McDonald's, have lunch there. Mm. There's free Wi-Fi in there, and I'm thinking, so for someone to tell the guy to be using that, sure fact is, Navan isn't that far from Dublin. Why aren't they getting connection, and also, please, to about your views on national broadband plan. How can we do better? Because I'm seeing, this was seven eight years ago. What's it like now in other small towns in the country that should be getting broadband that aren't?
0: So it ha- it hasn't really improved. I mean the National Rabban Plan was launched in 2012 by Pat Rabbit who was the then minister. He outlined plans for 30 meg communication or sorry 30, 30 meg connectivity across the island and the tender process went out and a number of providers had bid for for, for the National Rabban yeah. Plan and now we're sitting with only one which is the NEC consortium. 7 years on no answer to whatsoever. And I think the idea, when you look at the numbers and look look at the statistics around it, the idea of rolling out to 540,000 premises, over 100,000 kilometres of fibre optic cable, with all the variables the Irish geography and countryside yeah. offer, the idea that we can roll fibre out to all the premises in a very short space of time, I think, is, is madness. Um, it's effectively the same as the electrification of Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what we, what we feel we need to be and we've been quite vocal in this in the press around it is we need to be looking at a hybrid solution around wireless and fibre wireless technology uh, is incredibly robust Yeah, it's incredibly quick to roll out and it now has greater benefits than fibre your latency is, is, is much better the bandwidth that you can achieve there's a great future proofing element to yeah. it When you dig the roads up and lay fibre across the island or you're going under hedges or up drains or up telegraph poles and into houses and you've done that 540,000 times, you can understand that the the challenges that's going to do. But what happens when you have to go future-proof that? I mean, it's one of the concerns around the National Broadband Plan is we don't know what the future-proofing part of that is, who's going to own the network, who's going to upgrade the network. So we are calling for a hybrid solution that has wireless as well as fibre. Wireless can offer, uh, um, you know, for particularly the rural areas that maybe fibre is too expensive or it doesn't make sense to roll out. And I suppose we can't understand why the National Broadband Plan, which is very much in question, and there's lots of providers and lots of other companies asking the same question: Why that? The minister hasn't actually taken swifter action to say, right, we need to reevaluate the national broadband plan and we need to look at the new technologies that exist in order to roll this out, as other countries have done: Australia, USA, and UK, just being three that potentially in Ireland here we'd know we'd know quite well. So national broadband plan its current uh, its current form, we feel is destined to failure. It's not going to be possible to rule this out as quickly as it needs to be done people across the island are now crying out for connectivity we can't wait another seven years but it, there doesn't seem to be any any short term answer to how using the current tendering process or the current tender how that's going to be rolled out as well, quickly I've
1: as never never seen to and also imagine saying what they can offer and why are they sitting coming out now when the bubble, they're more saying the plan is bound to fail we can offer this service and I'm looking as well that for them also, with 5G now coming in stream soon, how is that going to affect you as well?
0: Well, I mean, if you look at Aaron, imagine. So, if you take Aaron, so Aaron, so, so well, first of all, Irv um, publicly said that the National Rab Plan in its current state was not financially viable. No yeah. matter what way they sliced and diced it, they couldn't make it financially work. But they do understand there is a requirement for connectivity across the island and they do see a business case for that. So, they have obviously, in this last couple of weeks, um, <coughs> launched that that plan and that and, and, and that product. Imagine the same. Imagine you use hybrid wireless or use fixed wireless technology like yeah. ourselves. They're calling for a hybrid solution. And once again, they've seen an opportunity. So we're seeing private industry filling the vacuum that government has left, which is disappointing. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that there is still a need for the National Broadband Plan. There's still a need for government yeah. to take a lead for this. Now, we believe that the subsidy model is probably going to be the best way to do this. Give people the opportunity to apply for a subsidy to get a broadband provider in. That means that you let free market reign. It means that the future proofing is put back into the hands of the companies. Once that market grows, the the various providers will want to retain those customers, so they will continue to invest in their networks in order to do that. Yeah. Compared to what now where you have one provider offering you the service, it's a, you know, it's a little bit like Monopoly. There's no onus in that. Um, provider to continuously future proof and as I said earlier we don't know who actually owns that network or what the future look looks for that in terms of 5g I mean it's very much uh, of the now yeah. obviously 5g has um, is, is, is very much in the press there's no detailed plan around the rollout of 5g in Ireland um, even at that it is not a perfect method of connectivity yeah Uh, there's lots of issues around it as well one being the the number of base stations you require is far in excess of what is required for 4G or 3G technology Uh, in fact so much so that uh, there's a recent article in CNBC where they're talking about the mobile operators may have to even change their business models to accommodate 5G because the cost of rolling 5G out is vastly more expensive than 3G and 4G. So we don't really have an understanding of how 5G is going to work. It's a it's a brilliant story. It's great. For, it's, you know, it, it's very positive. But when you delve into it, you don't see much detail around that. And, and we can't wait for that detail to be filled in either. Yeah, People he, need connectivity now. Provide
1: like Huawei right now, will provide a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. technology. Now at the moment, what's going on with them in America and, and the way that America's dealing with, with them, I'd be worried. If we started using that technology, suddenly America says that's going to be banned worldwide. What happens next?
0: Well, I was very lucky to be in the Research and Development Centre for Hawaii in Shanghai in May of this year. Or sorry, last year, 2018. So you can see the advances that they are, that they're doing. It's very impressive and they're very proud of what they've been able to achieve. They have a quite a grand research and development centre uh, in, in just in outside Shanghai there. So when you go there, you're, you're quite bl- blown away about what can happen. and But once again, once you ask some questions, get into the detail, the detail is relatively vague. And then, as you rightly say, we don't know where the security elements are in that, what the implications for that are, and then you have government pressure, not wanting Hawaii due to geopolitical politics, yeah. but the US is doing their level best to try and get most company or most countries not to operate with the likes of Hawaii or ZTE um, Europe is still Europe is currently investigating it it's still it's still uh, being looked at Australia the US have said no Canada are now re-looking at it so we have a number of jurisdictions who are questioning it you, you might be safe to assume that the weight the US will play may stop Hawaii growing I mean it's interesting the CEO of Hawaii has turned around and said you won't stop us. We're going to continue to grow or we don't continue to grow. We'll contract, change the business model, but we'll still be there. So it's just another level of noise that's going to complicate the rollout of the 5G technology in the US and Europe.
1: I've seen that uh, Apple recently said they want to build uh, uh, phones in in India. Yeah. Because they probably realized that whatever happens in China, we're going to get screwed. So they're going to move their base somewhere else to, to, to produce them. And if that's going to run on. And also, I remember three, four years ago, Carlos Slim, who was a big Mexican uh, phone magnate, he mm-hmm. was saying he told all his employees to stop using Skype because Skype's got built in backdoors. The moment Microsoft bought, bought Skype, the American government said put in backdoors and into the system. So he was saying that. everyone's still using Skype. So I I just don't get all the all the uh, people saying you can't use Skype because this and then the people saying you can't use Huawei. If if it's a good product and and, and it works very well. I don't see
0: why why it can't be used. Yeah, I mean, I say, look, the products, a product. It works well. And it can't be used. There's obviously other things that are slightly above uh, what we do here in House Ireland business broadband. But there's other elements geopolitical elements, you know, that come into play, and unfortunately, the, the consumer will lose out because we're going to have, as I say, extra noise. That's going to lead to further delay in the rollout of five G technology. Um, and if we have a delay in that, which is likely, there's no cement, you know, concrete plans around it and we obviously are having to in the natural broadband plan, then we need to do something yeah. around ensuring that the country gets connectivity. And yeah. that's what we are saying, that a hybrid fixed wireless solution with fibre is the only way, it's the quickest, fastest, most robust way with incredible future-proofing uh, ability built in to ensure that everybody on the, on the island can get the connectivity they require. Yeah, I
1: know at the moment, one of the big parts of Huawei is Nokia. who are doing a lot of stuff in that area, so in other words... If they're there and they're, they're, they can buy the same kind of service, why aren't our coming going, hold on, why don't we wait and see what happens to Huawei or anything else, why don't just go and go with something we know works, it's going to have any issues with, with political issues or anything else, we know they're a trust company, they now they're own Bell Labs, so we know that they are own somebody who's, who's revolutionary, and what they've done, they've changed the Bell Labs helped change the world of competing for the better, why don't just go with them?
0: yeah I mean it's, it's a very good point and I think I mean, some of the challenges are it may be a little bit forward thinking yeah. uh, for, for, for governments uh, as well as that in terms of the Irish government they probably have uh, bigger fish to fry at the minute with the uh, the metro north and south plans, yeah. the, the children's hospital the national broadband plan is definitely although it's in the media um, and there's, you know, there's, a, there's a number of people including yourself who's keeping it relevant which is really really important because it's something that we cannot let disappear into in, into the noise of, of the news at the minute. It's certainly down the, the rankings after some of the other issues the government have to face. Brexit obviously being one as well. Um, but it's so important that we we do look at this in a very forward planning way. That we do think about how else can we deliver connectivity to the island. And I suppose you know, as we as I keep saying, we keep thinking that the hybrid solution is going to be the quickest, most yeah. future proofing. When we were in that conference in, in in the US, the wireless conference in the US, which is incredible, we were talking to suppliers that are developing products at twenty five and a hundred gig respectively connectivity, you know, per second. So when you think about where the um, you know the markets come, you were saying yourself, your initial provider was ten meg. Yeah. You know, we're now, you know, we're doing 100 meg kind of upwards. We're doing a lot of 1 gigabit yeah. uh, pro, uh, products. But when there's providers out there, wireless providers, talking about 25 and 100 respectively, you can kind of see that the future ability in wireless connectivity, it's not gone anywhere. It's, it, it's only, we only just started, and that's why we really do think that the government needs to be forward thinking on it and scrap the plan and its current guise and say, right, let's re-look at this and let's look at the technologies that now exist.
1: Yeah, well, for me, I'm looking at Brexit. When Brexit happens, companies are going to move from the UK to Ireland. And oh, they've, they've already started, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they need somewhere to base it And In Ireland, the idea is that we should have basically have tech hubs all over the country. In each, each area, like maybe one area will do fintech, one will do medtech, and that's it. But if you can't get the connectivity in there, how, what will they
0: move to there? Oh, absolutely. And the, connect, the connectivity needs to be there because they will, you know, businesses can't wait or can't go on a promise that there is a national broadband plan coming. They need it now. And they yeah. will go to wherever in the world that offers them all the various elements they require. And one of the most important of those is really good connectivity. Yeah. So they will go to wherever they can find that. Yeah,
1: I find it all that basically if the government is not realising we have a chance here to, to get more power in the country get more money coming in the country, and, and show ourselves that we don't need the that we're basically with the European Silicon Valley. But they can't do that unless they decide to actually have connectivity.
0: And and look, look, we we need we need this just outside of Dublin. and yeah. um, Dublin is going. You know, is seeing some of the pressures around. You know, everybody wanting to come here. You know, property prices are yeah. going up. Rents are going up. Great, a office spaces are becoming, you becoming know, quite the rarity as the big companies come. HubSpot signed a 20-year lease on the case Salesforce uh, obviously announcing uh, their new premises, Facebook buying the old AIB building in Balls Bridge. So you can see that you know office space is becoming less and less. Uh, so we need to be able to support the rest of the country yeah. and we need to be able to support the regional areas. Were cost of living slightly lower, house prices and all, employment like we're sitting in this really great boom in Dublin, this and this bubble, and it's fantastic. But the rest of the country aren't necessarily feeling that as much yeah. as we are. And as you rightly point out, now the opportunity to leverage that and you know with good connectivity around the rest of Ireland com- combined with a number of other elements, you could actually bring really meaningful employment across the country. It's a fantastic opportunity.
1: You know, so I'm thinking of some like a farmer who's now nowadays the technology used now is all basically cloud based and fi based so Absolutely. Like there's something like called Muco that can tell you when your cow's gonna birth. And that technology twenty years ago you couldn't do, now it's available now. And suddenly you're told, oh actually we can't do that because you need a certain amount of wi wildfire broadband speed. And if you're relying on your mobile phone, mobile device will do it and you haven't you're not getting great signal. You're in somewhere where there's foot like hills and mountains nearby. You're screwed.
0: Well you can't build a business on that and you rightly say I mean agriculture is a significant part of our economy and, and thankfully so and we obviously are an agricultural uh, hub, you know, we we, the the amount of food we produce can feed, I think the latest statistic is like 40 million people. Um, So, I mean, that's all very positive, but we can't grow and future-proof the agricultural sector without connectivity. You know, it's all moving to the cloud-based technology. As AI and digital transformation comes in, that is going to affect every part of every business, and that includes our rural communities and our rural businesses, you know. And you're going to have an issue in, in particularly because Ireland has got a sizeable rural population, which is fantastic. But if people can't get the connectivity they require, they're going to have to look to move out of the out of those you know those communities, yeah. move somewhere where they can't get the connectivity, because life is moving on. Yeah. we are getting more connected. AI is. It will, is and will become more relevant to our lives we have autonomous vehicles that isn't that far away and so forth we have to we we have to move the connectivity dial to enable to incorporate all that right across island not just in certain parts of it yeah,
1: and also I'm looking at farmers now that can use drones to go and keep an eye on their flock and Absolutely. view it and if they can view with a drone soon because the connectivity isn't there well, what can they do yeah
0: and, and you can I mean, you could then say well cool that's where 5G is going to have a part to play yeah. But because the limitations that 5G provide in terms of the number of masks and uh, base stations that are required in the the fact that we don't really have a detailed 5G rollout plan yet. So farmers can't be dependent on that. And we can't have this vacuum of no connectivity when the pharmacists have to wait and do it the old way because they will become less competitive than the rest of the world and therefore it will cost more to to produce um, the products here in Ireland and therefore they'll become less competitive in the world stage. So we've got to really answer the connectivity problems now. We can't wait for 5G. Fixed wireless once again, I think, in terms of agriculture or farm setting, is an incredible... Solution yeah. to connectivity. You can get really great connectivity, bandwidth, latency, into a farm or agricultural base from fixed wireless, and that is why the national broadband plan has to include fixed wireless.
1: Okay, that's great. Anything else we add to podcast, or is that enough?
0: No, I mean, I, th- I think, I think, think for us, it, it's great. We're quite excited where the Dublin market is. You know, fixed wireless um, is what we do. And we do very, very well. We're we're really excited for the future of fixed wireless. As I said earlier, you know, with equipment being able to do 25 and 100 gig, the opportunity, I mean, we can install the same day yeah. because of the technology we use and the network we we have in Dublin. So we're very, very excited for the future. Uh, we're looking forward to connecting more and more customers up, helping businesses grow and realize their, their opportunity through really strong, robust connectivity. Right, that's
1: great. Thanks so much for much, David. Have a great day.
0: Thank you very much.